you for giving a piece of the blessing God has given you back to his kingdom. Thank you. So starting off locally, let's talk about Main Street right quick. Uh, Skillman will continue to help support this church with their Feeding of the Homeless program. This is an opportunity for us to get our hands in the trenches of the Lord's work and help out locally. We prepare food one Sunday a month, and with the help of our wonderful Shalene Valentine, we help deliver and serve this food on that Sunday. Our support will be there to serve on those Sundays and also to help provide supplies for this program. If you'd like to volunteer and get involved in this ministry, please reach out to Shalene Valentine. Seth Bouchelle in New York City. We have partnered with him and are looking forward to working with Seth and his ministry in New York. He has evangelized and shared the gospel with over 200 people from over 12, 10 countries over the last year and are excited to hear what 2018 holds for Seth and God's kingdom in New York. He will continue to work in the gospel, work, continue his work with the gospel, and work on starting more evangelistic Bible groups throughout the city in hopes that they will take the gospel back to their home countries and continue to spread the gospel there. We also look forward to making plans for him to come visit Skillman this year and lead discussions about his ministry and how he goes about his business of kingdom building. Barry Fury in Zambia. He will continue his work in Zambia and will be working with a prison ministry in Lusaka, Zambia. Through your donations, we will help support Barry to establish a garden for families of prison inmates. When men are sent to prison in this community, their immediate families and dependents are usually unable to provide for themselves, as the men were the breadwinners of their households. This program will allow for women and children of prison inmates to grow their own produce and vegetation to help sustain themselves as their husbands and their fathers serve their sentence. Barry does this in hopes to be able to spread the gospel to these families via the women and children and eventually reach the prison inmates themselves. Ephraim Fury in Zambia as well. Ephraim, son of, Barry, son of Barry, will carry on his work with the church in Jeke Village. They have been through a lot of adversity in 2017, and we look forward to hearing the great things in 2018 as they continue to use the church building there for preschool services and spread the gospel through child care. Sergei Budagovsky in the Ukraine. He is excited and very thankful we have raised funds to be able to support the growth of his church. He will be adding space to their church location as they have currently run out of room in their current space. He is very thankful and is also excited to expand the work of the Lord in the Ukraine. Now back to Africa and Zimbabwe with Donovert Kata. Donovert is also thankful that we have put in motion the plan to give the community of Alaska, Zimbabwe clean water. This has really been a challenge and is really a long-term plan. We hope the Skillman will continue to help support down the road. The area has been heavily contaminated with minerals and has seeped into their water supply. We have been working with them on repairing their local pump but we are also putting together a team to go and visit Donovert, his family, and the church. This is a short-term mission opportunity church. Dallas May will be leading this group, and one of their directives will be to sample and find the cleanest water source in this area so that we can allow this community a chance of a better quality of life and not one littered with disease due to undrinkable water. If you are interested in this short-term mission opportunity, please get with Dallas May as they are looking to buy tickets very soon and planning, I believe, in April. If I'm mistaken. May, excuse me. <clears throat> we are also exploring additional volunteer opportunities for the members of this church the program called, through a program called Friends Speak. This is an English tutoring program that, can that we can host here at Skillman. The program allows people the opportunity for 
people, usually of an English second language background, to practice their conversational English skills. The conversations, however, are based on materials taken from the New Testament so that the reader is exposed to the Word of God in a friendly setting. Also, naturally, readers raise the questions about what they are reading, which opens the doors for workers of God to share their faith in a very non-confrontational environment. While some readers are initially interested only in the English, with time, the conversations will turn from grammar and pronunciation to spiritual themes. Our hope is that it plants seeds of faith in Jesus and each reader. In Jesus in each reader, excuse me. For more information, please reach out to Marion Holster for this opportunity. And unfortunately, I also have to give a little bit of bad news. Um, we used to go to Honduras every summer. Unfortunately, late last year, we were notified that the organization that we worked through, Honduras Hope, had to shut down effective December of last year. We have been in touch with some of the nationals there, trying to make uh, new, new efforts to go back out there. And we are exploring them, but are currently in a hold pattern at the moment. Church, we have a lot of opportunities here to serve, both locally as well as internationally. And I encourage you, as I thank you, first of all, for your support, I encourage you to continue on and not make it a one-time thing. So again, thank you. Now let's pray as we prepare for the, Lord, for the word of the Lord. Dear Father, we are thankful to you, Father. We are thankful to you for this church, for the support. We are thankful to you for the people in this church that are willing to come out and serve, Lord. And we ask you now that as we study more in your word and as we get into the Sermon on the Mount, that you open our hearts, open our minds, and that we just do nothing but take in your word and that you bless Jake with the ability to speak into our hearts this morning. It is in his name, it is in your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks, Josue. Appreciate that. Uh, as we get started this morning, I do want to let you know as well, uh, we received news yesterday about Frank Vehar's brother, Miguel, uh, and his passing. Uh, arrangements are still pending at this time, but I know that the Vehar family covets uh, your prayers and your support right now, so please keep them in mind uh, today and the rest of this week. We are starting a new sermon series today on the Sermon on the Mount. And for me, this is an exciting time, uh, not only to get to preach, but also for our church. Uh, John Mark started off our year talking about the theme of home and, uh, and really how we can make this a spiritual home for not only those who are here and who have done that for many, many years, uh, but for those who are around us as well. And so as we get started this year, I thought uh, a conversation about the Sermon on the Mount would be an excellent place for us to start because this is considered uh, by most people the most important sermon ever preached especially within our faith tradition. And so I wanted to start by, by spending some time this year just reflecting on, focusing on, and reading out of the Sermon on the Mount to find out what it is that Christ is encouraging us to do in our daily lives. Uh, and I gotta tell you, as I got ready for this sermon series, uh, I've been getting really excited. Uh, can I just give you a minute to give you a sales pitch about this? Uh, because this is uh, one of the most foundational passages of scripture for my own faith journey. And maybe it is for you as well. Maybe this is one of the t areas that you turn to in scripture to find out what it is that Christ is calling you to do, who it is that Christ is calling you to be. This is, uh, for, for many people, uh, not only the most significant teaching that Jesus ever gave, but it is the most life-transforming and life-changing teaching that Jesus ever gave. And so I, I encourage you as we spend the next several weeks uh, reading through the Sermon on the Mount and spending time in our services and assemblies talking about this, I encourage you uh, to do that as well in your own daily life, to spend time with the passage, to sp spend time with the text, and to learn what it is that Christ is calling each and every one of us to. For some of us, uh, this will be a return to a passage that we've read many, many times. 
Maybe for you, it's a return to a passage that you're fairly unfamiliar with. But no matter what, as we come to this text, as we read this story together, we have an opportunity to be changed into the likeness of Christ. And so today, we're going to try and and, and attempt to start that. Because when we gather together, this is what we want to do. We want to, to be changed into Christ. We want to become more and more like Jesus. And these are the words that Christ gave his apostles. These are the teachings that he gave them that have become foundational to our faith. And so as we begin this sermon series, I hope that uh, this is something that is encouraging to you. I hope it's something that's challenging to you as well, because we're going to encounter Christ in this text. We're going to encounter the heart of God in this sermon. And as we do, I think that it will cause us to reflect on our own lives, to reflect on the things within ourselves, perhaps even to make some changes for the kingdom of God. So, now that I've given you a sales pitch about it, uh, would you please turn over with me to Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to start reading in verse 1. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he began to speak, and he taught them. Okay, and we haven't even gotten to the sermon yet, but I'm going to stop us, because uh, this is such an important point for us to get right at the start of this sermon. Uh, Because what Jesus does is, in the book of Matthew up to this point, Jesus has uh, done many things already, and we're only five chapters in. But one of the things that Jesus did two chapters previous to this is Jesus went to John the Baptist uh, out of the Jordan River, and Jesus was baptized there. And when Jesus was baptized, the Spirit of God came upon everyone who was there, and it was like a dove descending. And they heard the voice of God call out, this is my son, and in him I am pleased. And from there, Jesus goes from his baptism and he goes into the wilderness. And he spends 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness being tempted. He's tempted uh, to to take power. He's tempted to to give himself sustenance and to take care of himself. And he's tempted, uh, ultimately, to worship someone else besides God. And Jesus goes into this wilderness and there he's tempted and he remains faithful to God. But when he comes out of that wilderness, uh, he comes out of this experience, and he spent 40 days and 40 nights fasting and praying and spending time with God and being tempted, he's immediately surrounded by these multitudes, by these crowds, and they want him to teach, and they want him to heal, and Jesus is surrounded by them. And so at the start of Matthew chapter 5, Jesus sees the crowds. He sees the people that are around him. And as, as you envision this crowd and as you envision Christ uh, being swarmed by those who are coming to him, I want you to imagine a couple of different groups of people who might have been there that day. Because Jesus is being surrounded, yes, by people who have seen what he's able to do up to this point. He's being surrounded by people who maybe witnessed his baptism, who saw heaven open up and who heard the voice of God say, this is my son. And so he's surrounded by people who are wanting to know more, who are curious to see what this Jesus is going to do. He's surrounded by a group of people who are seeking healing, whether it's for them or for their loved ones. He's surrounded by people who want to see him succeed and who want to be near him as he does. But that's probably not the only group that's there that day. Because Jesus has been healing. And Jesus has been, uh, the, the voice of God has proclaimed that Jesus is the Son of God. And so there are probably people there that morning that day, as he's beginning to preach this sermon, who think this is no one but a blasphemer against God. He's using power that's not his own. He's even calling upon God's name as he does it. And this Jesus, this this person who claims to be the Son of God, is nothing but a blasphemer, and so we want to see Jesus fail. 
And in fact, this very group of people, as we journey through the, the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, we see this group of people time and time again seek to find fault with Jesus. And eventually, this same group of people is going to come up with a plot to get rid of Jesus. So there are people there who want Jesus to succeed, and there are people there who want Jesus to fail. Chances are there's even a person or two in the crowd who have just seen people gathering together, and they're curious to know, what is going on? What can I learn from this? What, what can I see that's happening? This group of people have no idea who Jesus is, and they're coming to see what is drawing the crowd. This morning, maybe you can place yourself in one of these camps. Maybe you're somebody who's been a follower of Jesus, whether it's for a short time or for a long time, and you're excited by what Jesus is doing. You're excited by the teachings that he gives. You're excited to live the life that he has called us into. Maybe this morning, the doubts are creeping in. Maybe you feel a little skeptical this morning. You're not quite sure what you believe about this Jesus, but you're there and you're watching. Maybe you're here this morning and someone just invited you and you have no idea that we're even talking about the Sermon on the Mount. You have no idea uh, what's been going on and you're just here to witness and to see what's happening. Place yourself in one of these camps this morning. And as Jesus looks out on the crowds, he sees those who are there with him. And notice what he does. He goes up onto a hillside. He goes up onto a mountain. He retreats away from the people who are there. And the people who follow him are his disciples. The people who Jesus is going to preach this sermon to are the people who are serious about following Jesus. The very first thing that I want you to notice about this sermon is that it is not for everyone. Jesus looks out at the crowds and he sees these different groups of people who are there. And he backs away. He goes up onto a hillside, and it's there that his disciples, his followers, come to hear his teaching. This is a sermon that is not for the faint of heart. And as we begin to read these words over the next couple of weeks, what I hope that you'll see is that Jesus is calling those who are serious about following him to a totally different way of life, a way of life that is totally different to them, totally unexpected, totally foreign. This is a sermon that's not for everyone. It's for those who are serious about following Jesus. So Jesus goes onto this mountainside and he begins preaching to his followers, to his disciples. And this is what he says. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way that they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? 
It's no longer good for anything, but it's thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but instead on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Jesus starts his most famous sermon, the one that today we know perhaps best a little bit oddly, don't you think? He calls his disciples. They come to him as he retreats onto this mountainside, and maybe they're expecting him to to tell them what it is that they need to do to be like him. Maybe they're expecting for that one thing that will change their lives, the one teaching that they need to follow, the one thing that they need to understand to be a follower of Jesus. And he starts his sermon with a blessing. This sermon is not for everyone. But here's the second thing that you need to know about this sermon. That this sermon is calling us into the very life of God. Jesus starts this sermon with a blessing very intentionally. Rather than telling them how they need to change their lives, rather than teaching them on on the ethics or the morals of the day, rather than trying to get them to do one thing or another, Jesus says, this is who God blesses. Blessed are the poor and the weak, and the ones who need mercy, and the ones who can't even feed themselves. Blessed are the people that nobody else thinks about, for these are those that God pays attention to. These are the very people that God wants to see restored and filled in this new kingdom. See, Jesus starts this sermon He's inviting them into a new reality, a new kingdom, a kingdom that's not like any that are on this world, on this earth, because the kingdoms of this earth aren't concerned with those who are poor or hungry. The kingdoms of this earth are concerned with others, with those who are in power, with those who have status. But Jesus says at the heart of who God is are those with nothing. So he starts his sermon by telling his disciples, by telling his followers, this is who God is. God blesses those that no one else will. God blesses the nobodies of this world. It's the people who are overlooked. The people that we ignore. It's the people who are timid and struggling. The people who don't have enough for themselves. It's the people who maybe are like a single parent, struggling to provide for their child, struggling to be there at the most crucial moments. Maybe God is for those who have dropped out of school. Maybe God is for those who can't get the treatment that they need for their disease because they can't afford it. God is for the one who is planning the memorial service. God is for those that are overlooked and outmatched. Jesus starts this most famous sermon with a blessing. Because this sermon's not for everyone, but Jesus wants you to know that God is for everyone, especially the people that are most overlooked. 
and most left out. I think this is an especially important for a point for us to consider this morning because as we encounter the words of Jesus over the next couple of weeks, as we look at this sermon and as we think about the, the teaching that Jesus is going to give, because Jesus is going to tell us how we ought to live our lives. He's going to tell us about the things that we need to do and the kind of people that we need to become. But he starts not by telling us who we need to become, but by telling us who God cares for. He's telling his disciples, these are the kinds of people that we need to have eyes to see and ears to hear. This is good news for us this morning, church. Because perhaps you've come here today needing a blessing. Needing something to uplift you and encourage you to continue living this kind of life. To continue to follow Jesus. And the words that Jesus says to you this morning are even in your worst moments. This God is for you. See, this sermon is for those who are serious about following Jesus. And this God is for those who most need him. Jesus starts this sermon by telling us who God is. But notice at the end of this section, he tells us who we are too. We are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Because Jesus wants us to begin to inhabit the very presence of God in our lives. Jesus wants us to have eyes to see those who need to be blessed. Jesus wants us to have ears to hear the words of God as we share them with others among us. See, God cares for the poor and the meek and the hungry. And God says that it's our job to do the same. We are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Jesus starts his most famous sermon, these beautiful blessings. And they're a challenge to us, aren't they? But they're a good challenge, a reminder to us that when we begin to live this life, when we take the call of Christ on our lives seriously, that it has to change who we are. And when we're changed, we begin to help others see this Jesus more clearly so that they too can change. This God is for us. This sermon is for us. We are gathered here together to be encouraged by the word of the Lord, to be challenged into living the life that Jesus has called us, to be challenged to bring the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And so, church, I hope that you hear the words of blessing and know that you, too, are blessed by God. Blessed to do the very work that Christ calls each and every one of us to. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to encounter the teachings of Jesus, the ways that Jesus encourages us to live our lives and to especially to encounter others around us. And I hope that as we listen to these words, as we think about this sermon, I hope that what we'll see is that we are invited into the blessing of God. And it's from that blessing that we are able to then go and bless others. Church, the words of Christ in this sermon are not for the faint of heart. They're going to call us to change things about our lives. They're going to call us to continue to evaluate how we are doing at following this Jesus. And as we listen to these words over the next couple of weeks, I hope that what you'll see is that God is blessing us as we do that. This morning, our elders are going to gather around the room, and if you would like prayers this morning, perhaps uh, this morning you're not feeling particularly blessed. Perhaps this morning 
things are quite difficult. I would encourage you to go to them and their wives and to seek prayer with them, to seek a moment for God to come into your life, to come into your heart, for that blessing to be made manifest in your life. And as we do, church, we're going to stand and worship together. And as we do, I invite you into this upside-down kingdom, this life-changing, world-altering kingdom that Christ has inaugurated. Let's stand and worship together.